This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like some more information about what you hear during our show today, please feel free to give us a call at 808-791-2924. You can also visit us online at therogroup.org. Now, our lives are filled with plenty of magic numbers. When we turn 16, we get a driver's license. When we turn 21, we can go out for drinks with friends. When we turn 65, we qualify for Medicare. But to me, age 50 is another magical number that deserves far more attention than it usually gets. On an emotional level, turning 50 means you've hit the half century mark, which when you really think about it is a pretty amazing thing. But just as importantly, age 50 is a perfect moment to take a breath and reassess your current financial position and how well it's preparing you for the kind of retirement you really want. Now, some financial services professionals believe 50 is a really financially critical year because of your pre-retirement strategies and savings effort. If they're not quite enough to get you where you wanna be, you still have time to right your financial ship and potentially sail into a smoother retirement. Now, before we get into the specifics around the big 5-0, let me introduce my co-host with us again, as always, Mr. Tony Shore. And don't worry, Tony, I won't reveal whether or not you've already hit that half century mark. <laughs> well, uh, I have. I'll, I'll tell everyone I'm I'm over 50. Um, but uh, I think my immaturity throws a lot of people off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I've passed that mark already, but I'll have to see if I if I'm on track. You know, we'll talk about what I need to know at 50 and see how close I am. I'm still closer to 50 uh, than I am 60. So uh, well, that, you least, got that going for you. That's good. <laughs> least close i don't know i don't know i'm somewhere in there anyway uh this should be a good show i mean obviously 50 is an important age and uh it's a big it's a big one it's the halfway mark i mean if you're like my grandfather he's going strong and he's over 100 so, that's right yeah yeah so uh, i look at it as the halfway point uh, just getting going <clears throat> so uh how have you been though what what's going on with you greg been been real um good and and keeping busy um, love doing the show, of course, back in the swing of things. Um, I'm going to be moving my office, same building, oh. but right next door. So I got to upgrade. I got a double window view now and a, a little bit more square footage. So wow. kind of excited about that. Wow. Congratulations, Greg. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this age 50 thing, too, is funny, Tony. I like I got this from a recent AARP article, 10 retirement planning mistakes people make at 50. Um, and kind of our group of friends, like our dear friends that we have um, here on the island, we're all kind of born within one year of each other. Oh, and wow. so between me, my wife, my brother, our friends, um, we have somebody turning 50 every year for the next seven years. Oh, you <laughs> so, are kidding me. No, so we're having a 50th birthday, but we already had our first one um, this year. And then my brother's turning 50 in January, and then it's our, our friend, and then it's me, so. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds you're the young one of the group. Sounds like, or one uh, of the younger ones. Yeah, right? kind of. I'm kind of in the middle. There's three of us that were born in '74, um, and then oh, there's wow. the last one I think is '76. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, that's but, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm interested in this because you know the notion that hey, if you reach 50 and you're not quite where you want to be financially, there's still going to be time to recover. And when it comes to finances, I think sometimes you feel like, hey, if you miss a certain benchmark, all is lost. But I know, as you're going to tell us today, that's not necessarily the case, right? Right. Very true. And the article I I mentioned, it first emphasizes that it may be wise to plan to stop working before your typical retirement age of roughly 65, um, whether that's by choice or by necessity. A survey from the Employee Benefits Research Institutes notes that 48% of people retire before they intended to. Uh, this has a lot of different variables to it, layoffs, uh, health concerns, and family needs all come into play for that. So the stark reality is that when you get knocked for a loop by a job loss in your 60s, it's probably going to be pretty difficult to find a new one, you know, especially one with the same salary and the benefits package you might have been used to. So. Accordingly, when building your retirement strategy, it's imperative to consider the possibility of leaving your career earlier than you hoped. Yeah, I I would say so. And that's definitely a hope for the best, but plan for the worst kind of thing. And, you know, if you build uh, a jobless contingency into your retirement plan and then never need that money, I'm sure your financial services professional, someone like yourself, Greg, can help you utilize it in a different way. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I like the way that you put that. Um, Another thing to be aware of when you turn 50 is to make sure that your finances are balanced between too much risk and too little risk. Many people turn 50 and discover they're running behind when it comes to their retirement savings. And then they put their assets into accounts that have too much risk um, in an effort to catch up. Now, on the flip side, too, um, too much caution can also have a negative effect on your future lifestyle. So you mentioned working with a financial services professional a moment ago, Tony, and the, one of the keys to that is adequately ba- balancing your assets in a strategy that's going to get you in that sweet zone where you have enough growth um, and enough safety. Well, definitely. I think the desire to catch up financially when you discover you're running a little behind on your retirement goals, that can probably lead to some overly emotional financial decisions, can it? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a that's a good point. And to that end, there is some catch-up provisions that you're allowed once you make 50. Uh, the IRS allows you to put more into, into these retirement accounts. Uh, example, uh, this year, 2021, if you're 50 or older, you can kick an additional $1,000 uh, into your IRA on top of your standard 6,000 limit, you can put 7,000 in it. And self-employed people, if you're over 50, if you have a simple IRA, you can throw another uh, 3,000 on top of the limit of 13.5. And if you have a 401k through your employer, you can contribute an additional 6,500 above the 19.5 limit. So that's $26,000 that you can put into your IRA, uh, into your 401k plan. Um, same thing with Roths, an extra $1,000, just like the traditional. But those catch-up provisions allow exactly that. If you think you're a little behind in your plan, save a little bit more. Yeah. And they could really be a powerful tool for a lot of people then, a lifeline uh, to save a little bit more before retirement. What can you tell us about how debt, though, factors into a retirement strategy once a person turns 50? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, clients ask me that too a lot about what a, a acceptable level of debt is going into retirement. Um, and it's not probably a surprise to anybody listening that, you know, if you are 50, you might have some significant debt and it's time to shed that as quickly as possible. And once you've hit that magical half century mark, um, you should start focusing on working to be debt free other than your mortgage. Um, not all debt is bad debt, but once you get all the bad debt paid off, then you can shift your focus to paying off that mortgage before you retire. Maybe just one extra payment a year um, is kind of the magic number. Um, and obviously if you head into retirement without any debt, it really opens the door to a lot of exciting possibilities when it comes to what kind of lifestyle you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another good point. I mean, and no debt may make that dream of uh, you spending two weeks in Paris each spring, Greg, a little more realistic uh, during retirement. So uh, do you have anything else uh, for us? Uh, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you maybe to set up an appointment to come up with a plan to make sure that they're on track for retirement? Yeah, sure. Whether you're you know turning 50 or if you've passed that a while ago and you're coming close to retirement, it's important to put a plan in place. Um, talk about that debt, talk about that balancing of your portfolio and knowing an income strategy and, and how you're going to access your portfolio. Um, so yeah, give us a call 808-791-2924. We can have a conversation about your your situation. I love hearing from, from listeners of the show. You can also drop us um, a line through the website, therogroup.org. All right. Well, Greg, it's been a great show so far. Uh, where do you want to go next? Well, the next piece of advice from the article I cited earlier is from AARP, the 10 retirement planning mistakes people make at 50, is to be very cautious about taking on college debt. Now, the article notes it's very common for parents in their 50s to shoulder far too much of their children's college debt. Tony, won't mention any names. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, don't I know it. <laughs> if you didn't sock enough away, you know, in a 529 when they were younger, parents usually will take a home equity loan or other credit sources to cover cost of their child's college education. Um, now, there's no easy answer for folks um, in this situation because the drive to take care of our children is deeply ingrained. But one potential solution the article suggests is to have your kids take out the loans in their names and then you can help them with the monthly payments. Well, as you mentioned, as you quickly noted almost subliminally there, uh, <laughs> helping your kids cover the costs of college can be stressful, uh, believe me. <laughs> Take it from me. But I think this is an area where people should work closely with a financial services professional uh, like yourself, Greg, because there's no reason to try and do it all by yourself when a knowledgeable professional is ready and willing to help uh, get a plan in place to help cover these things. Yeah. And getting your savings on track, getting your debt on track, helping you make the right decisions. It's all it's all part of having a good relationship with your financial services professional. Yeah. And our listeners probably don't know, Tony's got two kids now in uh, college and Yep. One, uh, two years away. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a that's a big responsibility. It's all um, part of the fun. It it is. Now, one other thing um, the article notes too is once you're, you know, that magic number of fifty is to double check your healthcare strategy. Now, I'm not talking about various types of insurance products, um, which we can maybe get into a, a little bit later, but 
I'm talking about personal choices you make. You know, if you're eating and your exercise habits uh, at 50 aren't that good, you still got time to change your behavior before you retire. You know, maybe swap out that double cheeseburger lunch for a salad, replace your hour of nightly TV binge with maybe a long walk on the beach or, or a podcast like Retirement Paradise <laughs> or maybe even streaming a book. So these aren't only good for your waistline and heart, obviously, but they're also good for your pocketbook in retirement and today. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think also a lot of people think eating better and exercising is all about physical health, when in reality, it's not only going to make you feel better, it could end up saving you a lot of money in the long run as well. Right, exactly. Um, And I briefly mentioned health insurance products a moment ago. So we'll take a quick look at that. If you're healthy at 50, it can be easy to presume that you'll also be fit when you're 60. But you know what they say about the best laid plans of mice and men. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the, the truth yes. of it is that no one knows what's waiting for us health-wise down the road, you know, especially after we've turned 50. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes, uh, so insurance products, you mentioned insurance. Uh, what should 50-year-olds consider? Yeah, um, I think an important health decision for someone who turned 50 um, is maybe take a serious look at some long-term care. Because usually, it's been my experience, if people start thinking about long-term care, they're 60, 65, almost 70. And at this time, it's super expensive you know and and we all know that long-term care itself is very expensive yeah, so yeah. if you can find a decent long-term care policy and you can get this policy when you're younger say 50 and you're healthy you're going to have a pretty big savings um, than if you waited until you start thinking about that um, after the long-term care insurance again work with the financial services professional ensure that your life insurance strategy is squared away. Um, You wanna make sure you have protection. If your family depends on you financially, if you have a premature death, uh, you know, you don't wanna leave your loved ones grappling with financial challenges when they're processing, you know, your passing. Yeah, for sure. And I think some people, uh, you know, for some people out there, the idea of long-term care insurance or life insurance is intimidating because there are just so many products out there. But working with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional, can relieve a lot of that burden. And, and once you have those products in place, then you can breathe a sigh of relief, right? Yeah. And you know what? Um, the bottom line, too, is a lot of these things aren't very pleasant to think about, you know, dying prematurely and, and needing long-term care. Um, so while we're on that, we're going to stay with something also a, a little a little not fun to think about. <laughs> and this is also from the article. It's uh, to address the possibility of divorce. You know, if you're 50 and happily married, um, you should still consider the possibility of, you know, a sole retirement. And think about how a divorce would affect your retirement and your retirement goals. You know, would you be able to maintain your preferred retirement lifestyle on your savings alone? So a lot of these things that we don't like to necessarily think about, um, it's, it's a good idea to at least, you know, acknowledge them. Yeah, that's yet another example of hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Yeah, and I got I got one more before we get to something a little more positive, and that's the sure. state planning. Um, that's a, something that a lot of people, in my experience, have put off. You know, you don't want to think about what's going to happen to your state when you pass away. Um, but again, it's one of those things that you do have to think about. Make sure you have your living trust set up. Make sure that it's updated. It, your trust is properly funded. Uh, make sure when it comes to your documents, your children know exactly where to get them. Um, if your children are minors, you know, you need to state who's going to take care of them. If they're grown, make sure they know where your assets are, how they're going to be divided. 
Um, you don't want an ex-spouse to receive something or maybe your child's ex-spouse receiving something. So get your estate plan in, in order. Well, yeah, and I think this has been a great conversation so far today, Greg. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, feel free to reach out with any questions that you hear on our show today, uh, 808-791-2924. Again, our website is therogroup.org. All right. Now, you've been talking about these financial steps we might want to take once we turn 50 to potentially secure that kind of retirement lifestyle we want, we've worked so hard for. Uh, where do you want to head from here? Well, at the top of the show, I highlighted, you know, the, the magic ages, right? 16, 21, 50, and 65, kind of momentous birthdays. And since we kind of tackled the age 51, I thought we'd close out with something to be aware of when you turn 65. And another AARP article, um, five things you need to know about finances when turning 65. So as a lot of uh, our listeners already know, 65 is kind of a pivotal year when it comes to retirement planning. And the article does a pretty good job of explaining why. And I'm looking forward to this one because a lot of people probably think that they know what turning 65 means. I mean, uh, you know, we know a few things about it, but I'm guessing you're going to have a few surprises for us. Yeah, the first critical thing to note about turning 65 is that it's not the full Social Security retirement age. When Social Security was first signed into law, it was. Um, so pop culture and advertising can often make it seem as though you know, retirement magically happens at 65. Like that's the, that, that's the number. But in terms of your social security, full retirement age is actually between 66 and 67, depending on your birth year. Now you, we know we can start claiming our benefits at 62, but remember you're gonna get a permanent reduction and your benefits are gonna be smaller for the rest of your life. Wow, so just how much smaller are they gonna be? Well, if you were born in 55, and let's say that's your full retirement age is 66 in two months, and you take your Social Security at 65, you're enrolling 14 months early. So your benefit would be permanently reduced by 7.82%. Um, that's the math from the article. And don't forget that enrolling early not only slashes your benefit, but it also slashes the potential survivor benefit that you get to your spouse if something were to happen to you. And one more thing, if you file before your full retirement age, if you're still working, you're subject to an earnings test and they could take your your monthly payment away. Wow. Well, my biggest takeaway then, Greg, is that if Social Security is on your near horizon, it's a really good idea to meet with someone like yourself, a financial services professional. And if our listeners give you a call, you're going to help them get the timing just right based on their personal circumstances. I know you have that Social Security maximization report you run uh, that shows the optimal time. Yeah, it's a it's a very, very critical retirement decision. Um, I think financial service professionals that don't take a focus on Social Security are really doing a disservice yeah. um, to the client. But yeah, we do that Social Security max report, leave nothing to guessing. Um, we'll show sure. you exactly the right way to, to file. Um, another part at, at age 65 is, is Medicare. We did mention that earlier at the top of the show. Um, but a lot of people think that you're, auto, you're automatically enrolled in it when you make 65. Now, if you turn 65 before you actually enroll in your Social Security, you need to formally enroll in Medicare. And they give you a seven-month window around your 65th birthday, so three months prior, three months after, you can sign up for it. Now, you can do your Medicare on the Social Security website, even if you aren't ready to file for your Social Security benefits. 
So uh, just kind of scratching the surface here when it comes to the Medicare nuances and rules, because I know there's a lot to it. There's A, there's B, there's supplements. Um, so again, if you want some more information on Medicare, turn to your financial service professional or feel free to give us a call and reach out with any questions. Well, yeah, I mean, there you go. Social Security and Medicare are two things that you really want to get exactly right when it comes to retirement. Otherwise, it can be costly. Uh, so why not put a financial professional in your corner? Absolutely. And uh, to build on that point, a really good tip um, that a financial service professional can give you, especially when you hit that milestone of 65, are health savings accounts. Um, better known as HSAs, and therefore health ex expenses. And HSAs can actually supply you with a triple tax break. So first, your contributions are tax deductible through your employer. Second, the money grows tax deferred. And third, you can withdraw the money tax-free for qualifying medical expenses. Best of all, when you turn 65, you can begin using your HSA for more expenses than you could prior to that birthday. And while you must stop making your contributions once you've enrolled in Medicare A or B, the money in your account can actually continue to grow and can be used for future medical expenses tax-free. Now, typically you pay a 20% penalty if you use your HSA money for something other than qualified medical expenses, but those penalties also vanish when you turn 65. And you only have to pay taxes on the money that's used for the non-medical expenses. So uh -huh. it's a really good, really good tool that a lot of people don't, I, I don't think they take full advantage of. Yeah, I didn't realize those rules uh, around turning 65 with HSAs. That's huge. So uh, let's uh, turn to saving. Does, does saving for retirement have to end when somebody turns 65? No, if you're still plugging away uh, your job at 65, even if it's on a part-time basis, you can keep saving for retirement. Uh, money can still go into your Roth, your 401ks, your traditional IRAs. Um, if you continue to work between 65 and 75, um, man, if you if you saved your $7,000 a year and you got 5% a year, you'd have 100 grand saved up in just those that short period of time. So you have a long list of retirement savings options um, shortly before you turn 65, as well as when you've hit that milestone and well after that. Now, 72, you can't really contribute to an IRA anymore, um, but if you're still working, your 401k is still is still an option. So again, work with a financial service professional and devise a strategy that suits your goals and your needs. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been a great show today, Greg. Is there anything else you want to add before we have to go? Well, we covered a lot, you know, the milestones of 50 and 65, but whatever age you're, you are or what your retirement goals are, end up being, um, it's really imperative to get a plan in place and know exactly how you're going to file for Social Security, how you're going to file for Medicare, getting your portfolio balanced the right way, knowing how you're going to withdraw from your retirement accounts, and simply maybe just get a checkup and see if you're actually on track and saving enough money to hit those goals. So if you have any questions on that, again, feel free to reach out to us, 808-791-2924, or drop us a line, hit my website, therogroup.org. All right. Thanks, Greg. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. 
Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.